it's that uncomfortable in-between space of you're no longer who you were, but you, you're not yet who you're becoming. Hello, you are listening to the Late Bloomer Living podcast, where we are reimagining and redefining what it means to be in midlife, where we are gathering energy, momentum, and excitement for our next chapter via candid conversations with other midlifers about their own pivots, pitfalls, and triumphs. I'm Yvonne Marchese, your host, and I'm so happy you're here. Imagine this. You've had a successful fulfilling career for almost 20 years when you suddenly realize you are no longer fulfilled by your work. What do you do when that thing you always love to do isn't doing it for you anymore? Do you stay with that job because you feel like you should? Do you keep going because you have responsibilities and it's the safe thing to do? Do you feel ashamed of yourself for feeling the way you feel? Do you panic? Do you blame yourself? Do you wonder, what's wrong with me? If you find yourself in that situation right now, I know it can feel like your world is ending. You might suddenly feel like you don't recognize yourself and think you're going through a midlife crisis. But I want you to consider for a minute the possibility that there's nothing wrong with you, that your discomfort and pain is simply an indication that you're ready for something new. You're ready for a new adventure. My guest today is Dara Goldberg. Dara was founding partner and vice president of a management consulting firm that worked mainly with nonprofits and philanthropies to help them increase their funding base and develop growth strategies. She loved her work until she didn't. After some soul-searching, she eventually found the courage to walk away and is currently on the verge of something big. I can't wait for you to hear her story. So without further ado, here's Dara Goldberg. Hey, Dara. Thank you for being here with me today. It's great to be here. Um, I always like to say how I met people, and you and I met in Clubhouse, uh, which seems to be where I meet everybody these days. Um, We were already talking about how amazingly powerful it is for connecting with people. It truly is. I mean, it it feels human. Yeah. I mean, and it shows you how just a picture and a voice, you know, can really touch you and connect. Yeah. Crazy. Crazy. Yeah. Um, And I know we're going to get back to some clubhouse stuff as we talk, because it's been such a huge part of your journey. Um, But I'm going to rewind a little bit or have you rewind and give us a little bit of the background that started you on your journey. You um, you're doing love and midlife. You've got this big launch coming up right now. And Mm -hmm. before that though, what were you doing? Um, it's a question I actually love answering, but I wouldn't have said that 15 years ago. Um, I was in uh, management consulting for the first 20 years of my career, and I absolutely loved it. It was a small company that I'd helped found with two other partners. And I loved the work. I loved my colleagues, um, everything about it. And then 
out what felt like out of the blue when I hit 42, somehow it wasn't working anymore. Like I stopped being invested in the work. So I was immediately saying, Dara, what's wrong with you? Don't you have a more, uh, you know, work ethic anymore? I wasn't um, being uh, fulfilled by the work. And I went to that place that I think so many women do, which is I blamed myself. I did what I call shoulding. You know, I mm. should have known better. I should have done something differently. And I also felt like I needed to keep it on the down low because it was a good job. You know, it was a nice living. Everything was fine, but I wasn't. And then I realized that, um, and it wasn't on my own. It, there was a lot of self-reflection, but it was absolutely through professional help. Um, that it wasn't what society wants or calls a midlife crisis. It was not a breakdown in the way society, you know, tells us that it is. What was happening and what happens to so many, if not most of us women in midlife is I was growing and changing. And the, the bubbling up from within was what had fulfilled me in a profound way wasn't anymore. Mm -hmm. And so that, you know, that carnal need for a sense of purpose and meaning was not being fulfilled by this career anymore. And when that was happening, it like caused all these emotions, right? So feeling lost and anxious and truly, ashamed or upset with myself. And what I realized, like, if you can, those emotions, you know, even just feeling lost, that's the data that is telling you mm -hmm. you're in a growth process. Mm -hmm. And wow. it's that uncomfortable. And I don't know if you, I imagine it resonates with you based on our conversation before we started recording, but it's that uncomfortable in-between space of you're no longer who you were, but you, you're not yet who you're becoming. Yes. Oh, I, so 100, if you could do 200%. Yeah, absolutely. It started happening for me in my mid thirties um, when my dream everything I ever wanted to do, I wanted to be an actress. I wanted to do theater. I wanted to, um, and I put all my energy and everything I had into that for many years and very happily. Um, mm -hmm. And sometime in my thirties, mid thirties, I, it started being less fulfilling. And I started questioning that path and why was I doing it? And, and, and I was in the woods of that discomfort for a good five years before mm -hmm. I found uh, photography as mm. a new outlet. Um, Love it. You know, and uh, and and it, it's just incredible. But five years of like, who am I, and what am I, what am I going to be when I grow up, and yeah, uh, of feeling really lost. Um, so yeah, I, I was lost for 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 years. You know, I think what's that's part of 
you know, we're taught from such an early age that you grow and you hit milestones when you're a kid, right? And then when you're a teenager and then in our 20s and into our early 30s. And then somehow society's given us this message that growth stops, you know, yeah. as you get into your late 30s. And I think that's part of what causes us to, you know, look inward and say what's wrong with us when it's actually a beautiful thing that we grow forever, right? Yeah. We don't arrive, we just keep going, but it is that, so the idea that what fulfills us shifts isn't like, that makes sense is what I'm, what I think I'm trying to say. Yeah. But it's, and I think you see a lot of people end up seeing it as failure. Yeah. Um, instead of a natural process of evolution. Exactly. Exactly. You know? And I, you know, like you described, we start beating ourselves up as opposed to, you know, and I did that too, but as I look back, like, what if I was able to be curious, mm -hmm. but not critical, right? Mm -hmm. And, and almost be able to say, okay, you're, you're hitting a growth spurt, a midlife growth spurt, not a midlife crisis. So I think part of it is if we can start changing the vocabulary, um, that will at least take some of the stigma off of it. Yeah, absolutely. Boy, if we could change the way we look at, at midlife and, and, you know, I've been on this, this, this little midlife exploration, trying to stay curious journey since, since I was about 48, that's when, cause, cause I found photography kind of, it saved me for a while. And then I hit like another slump around the, you know, 47, 48, um, where really my whole forties were, I was, I was a little bit of a hot mess just with the way I talk to myself and, mm -hmm. you know, and, uh, when I was 48 did had this kind of, um, did a lot of self-work and thought, uh, that's when I got curious and that's when I got hopeful. And even so, so I'm 53 now, even so I still beat myself up mm, on the yeah. days when I'm, when I'm feeling like I'm not doing as much as I want to do or getting to where I think I want to go as fast as I want to get there. And, you know, it's, it's hard to, you know, it's hard yeah. to get rid of those patterns. I think it is. And I also think, you know, they, it's giving yourself permission to have them as opposed to adding to the, the uncomfortable thought by either getting anxious about it or, being upset with yourself for having those <laughs> yeah, thoughts, right? right? Right. I mean, I was you know, <laughs> boy. There's that. an endless loop, right? Yeah. Oh, whoa! I I feel so bad. Why do I feel so bad? Things aren't that bad. I shouldn't feel. I should feel better. I should not feel this way. <laughs> I always say that to my kids. Don't add to the problem by being upset with yourself for being upset. Right. 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 But I also think so much of it, and we talk about this in a clubhouse room I run about the limiting beliefs we have, not just around aging, but around ourselves as we get older. And even things like um, having, you know, a memory slip, 
you know, I will, it leave, left to my own, you know, volition, I would just say, oh, you know, geez, I'm losing my memory or like mm-hmm. words like I'm losing it. Right. But, oh, I just had a senior moment. Yes. Right. Oh, I was using that in my 40s. I'm like, come on, really? Right. You're having a senior moment in your 40s? Well, and, you know, like laugh rather than, you know, like I do try now to say my memory is still great. It may not be what it was in my 20s. Right. And it's not going to Maybe it's just that we have more in there. There, It's like an overfilled container that's overflowing with information. I love that. You know, you've got all the, a lifetime's worth of memories that are in there competing for attention to bubble up to the top, right? Right. Our wisdom is overflowing. <laughs> right. right. Oh, I love How that. How could we possibly remember what we were about to say, right? <laughs> or the word for bed. Or <laughs> right. Oh, gosh. Oh, the word finding. Oh, my goodness. Hilarious. Oh, but my if goodness. we can have this. Yeah. How did you, so when did you come to the realization you, 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 you got there, you were, and you started to beat yourself up and what happened to, to clue you into the shift where, where you're living now? Part of it was, I, I had to get mad, like to, Mm. I had to say, wait a minute, you know, this is not a bad thing. Like, this is not me falling apart. And again, you know, I had help to recognize that, but it was realizing, and it was so powerful, I can't tell you, realizing I have a choice. Like, this is a choice to embrace the fact that I'm going through a growth and a change process, Mm. or try to ignore it and have it continue to just bubble up and affect my life or keep it on the down low, which I feel we're kind of taught we're supposed to do. And I started talking about it and started, you know, I really made the decision that one, this is not something I should keep on the down low and do on my own, you know, to figure it out. Two, there's so much about how I'm feeling that society has you know, embedded in me. And three, isn't it about me figuring out what will fulfill me? Like, it's a loss in some ways, right? Whenever we go through a transition of Uh letting go of what did, but finding what will. And so I really, you know, again, finding some comfort in the ambiguity of, you know, feeling lost. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm, I'm thinking of, it's that, so I, I, I'm, I'm having trouble pulling the, word, pull, pulling the words, but yeah. it's that idea of, so you were resisting it, yeah. right? And there's that, that saying that what you resist persists. And right. I heard, I can't tell you, I mean, I've, I've heard that for so long and I was like, what does that even like, what do you mean? What I resist persists? How, how does that work? Well, how it works is that your brain recognizes what you focus on it. You train your brain. It's like, if you know somebody who drives a blue Honda civic, Mm -hmm. suddenly you're going to see blue Honda civics all over the road. 
the great that's a great example yeah and i forget what it's called it's like reticular it's a reticular brain i you know i can't i can't come up with it right now but your brain is trained to do that so your your brain wants to create these shortcuts for you exactly right exactly so if you're focusing on what you want to get rid of quit you don't want that to be a part of your life anymore. If you keep focusing on that stuff that feels that it, it's just going to keep showing up totally. and it's going to, and then you're going to be convinced that you were right all along. Right. It is a self-fulfilling prophecy. And right? the other piece that I should mention is there's so much shame involved, right? Mm. Like that yeah. feeling of, and that's where I, you know, came up with the term shed the shoulds. Because you, when you feel a level of, I shouldn't feel this way, or, you know, I should have known, any of those shoulds mm-hmm. keeps you completely stuck. I mean, just completely stuck, you know, as opposed to words like, what if this is natural? What if it's really about how I choose to proceed forward, you know, and um. And I'm, I've always been fascinated with language and how it affects, like how we talk to ourselves totally affects our thinking and all that. Yeah. Um, so I did do something that a lot of people, you know, friends, family thought was kind of crazy, which is I pivoted and left my company. Um, and that was really hard. And there was like guilt involved, but it was the best thing I could have done um, because I needed to figure out what was going to give me purpose and, you know, be kind of a next career. And I knew after having this experience that there was some answer to that question in what I had gone through. Mm -hmm. And so helping other women understand and see the beauty in midlife and these growth spurts um, was so important to me. And also what kind of bubbled up in a good way, I think, is this strong feeling that it's time to kick the misconceptions and stereotypes to the curb. Like it, it just is. And there are so many women doing amazing things to help with this. And I decided Isn't that exciting. Yes, it's I so love, exciting. When I started on this path, because because like you, I felt the need to create the podcast to to change the dialogue, right? And yeah. when I started it, you know, I looked for other podcasts that were doing the same thing, and maybe I just wasn't good at searching. But since I started, because there were there's a lot actually, and what I've found since doing that and since getting into Clubhouse is that there's a lot of people who are working to change this narrative right now, and that just thrills me and makes me I so know. stinking happy. I can't even stand it. It's amazing, and people are responding. Like yeah. I in the Clubhouse rooms I run, or the ones you run, like or any women in midlife, it's incredible. The sense of connection, of community, of power, of sharing our voices. And we need to get them, you know, 
shared far and wide, right? And loud and clear. And I truly see that we are making a difference. Like we are using our purchasing power or capacity to try to get a lot of these anti-aging, you know, companies to, I mean, I don't want to overstate it, but to shame them, I'll put mm-hmm. it in quotes, into, you know, aging is a fine thing, you know, and I, I'll just rant one more second, is Please. If, you, if you look up um, the word aging, like what I keyed in, I just Googled best definition of aging. And what came up was um, it's the decline of your physical and mental capacities. And here's the thing, that is true in and of itself, right? Like we do, as we age, things decline. That doesn't even scratch the surface of our experience, right? No, and... And it's a, it's a, it's a one-sided look at it. Right. There's, there's a, there's a dualistic look at that that is completely flipped on the negative side. Absolutely. That, that really what aging is, is that you've been around a long time. Right. So there's, so if you look at it, there's an endurance, there's a patina that right. comes with age, right? There's. That's a great word. Yep. Instead of a decline, like a, a, yeah, yeah. Our bodies, you know, depending on, on how much you use it, right. It's like, I really do believe use it or lose it with it. And that that you can slow down the decline of your mind and your body. And it does come with age. It's not that that's not true, but it's just so, it's It's, just so one-sided. Right. It's, binary and what I for that word (laughs) what I feel like it misses is and therefore like the the biases or misconceptions and all that I feel like society just latched on to that very limited definition Mm -hmm. and from that came these misconceptions in this case about women in midlife and beyond and what that definition does is miss the depth and the richness of getting older, right? And like, I love how you use the word patina because it's, we are coming into our own in the most profound way, right? And the growth, the pride we feel, the how relationships are deeper and richer in so many ways, the sense that we're defining ourselves on our own terms. I mean, I could go on forever. And I'm not, I mean, you and I have both been in midlife at times where we weren't feeling that, but the totality of it is so much richer than what society has allowed. Yeah. And I feel that's kind of the journey. And that that's what got me on this journey. Uh, I love it. So, so how long ago did you leave the management consulting? It was 2012. Uh-huh. And then for a while I coached, I did executive coaching for with women um, because that was kind of a natural segue from my company to doing it individually. 
And then I coached um, in particular women um, with an emptying or empty nest mm-hmm. because that's such a major transitional period. Um, and that kind of morphed me into you know, leaving coaching and really trying to build what I am calling a movement and joining hands with all these other women um, who are doing stuff similar to me and also every other woman, including young women, um, to try to create lasting change and to walk away feeling like, you know, we don't, we want to stop 15 year old girls from, I mean, there was an article about a 15 year old girl saying, I'm already doing Botox you know, and I already can't stand my wrinkles. Like that epitomizes the problem, Mm. doesn't it? Mm. Wow, that just crushes my heart to Mm. hear that. Yeah, ah, (laughs) wrinkles at 15. I don't even know. I mean, what wrinkles do you have at 15? (laughs) Other than like maybe laugh lines, you know, I had those really early on. But, but they're like laugh those. lines, right? <laughs> or lifelines, right? Right. Oh my goodness. I am. Wow. So. Mm. And you know, the age, the aging and the assumptions about age, they're there for men too. Definitely. I just think it kicks in a little bit earlier for women um, that, that you start to, you know, Yeah. I think it just starts a little earlier and we have that demarcation, that, that line in the sand that comes with, uh, with menopause. Absolutely. And you, it's the beat. So there's this physical under, you know, underline to it's, it's like a mark in the, it's like a mark in the sand, right. Or a, it's a, a life experience. I mean, it's a dramatic change. In right. Our, and I think that's, you know, also something where um, not just society, but like the healthcare community in some ways looks at menopause as a physical or a health experience or a health issue with symptoms. And my feeling, and I think you'll agree, it's a life experience. It affects every facet of who we are right? And in so many different ways. And I feel like it's misunderstood in in that way. Like take a pill and hopefully you'll feel better. You know, it's, there's so much to it. Um, I wonder what would happen if we looked at it as like, you know, you were talking earlier about those, um, those milestones that you have when you're young, right? You, you, mm-hmm. you, every year of every new year of school is a milestone when you're a kid and, yeah. uh, you know, you, and then you graduate and then you, maybe you go to college, maybe you get married or you start your first job. Those are all milestones, right? Mm-hmm. And you get to midlife and, and the milestones, you know, if you're a parent, maybe you've got the milestone of the empty nest, Um, but here we are. And I almost feel lucky as a woman to have the milestone of menopause in a way that I think men miss out on that milestone in a way that they they don't have, because it's here, it's in our body. It's such, you know, it could be, and it can be a liberation, 
Right. You know, we could look at it in a whole other way. I mean, yeah, it comes with hot flashes and, um, and weight gain and, and, uh, what am I trying to say? You can't sleep. Uh, right. Give the, me the word. Dara. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it was uh, the word, Dara. <laughs> I know. Wow. I'm Here with you. <laughs> but this you know, it's so fine. We're laughing. Stuff, right. Yeah. yeah. But like, <laughs> What if, what if we look at it as it's just, it's part of the journey and it's, and, and how, how great is it to have it and mark that passing? Totally. And you made me also think about it. We have milestones in midlife. We just don't think about them them. and recognize them Mm -hmm. because I think a huge milestone is coming into our own and having that those moments and it happens at different age numbers for all of us but that sense of feeling at home in our bodies or the sense that you know it's a choice whether or not we how who we want to be and we focus i think so much more or we have the capacity to you know in our 20s and earlier and early thirties, it's what are we like, are we, what's our career? What's our role? What's our responsibilities? And as we're in midlife, it becomes so much more about who we are and who we want to be. Right. And who's, who's underneath all that yes. and, and like starting to own and get familiar with it. And yeah, you know, there's a chance to, there's this great chance that we have to, to really recognize who's in there, who's been in there all these years. And it's a, that's a milestone and being giving to ourselves in ways we never have. That's a milestone, Mm. you know, and finding a sense of choice in ways we didn't feel things were choices. That's a major milestone. It's just, we don't label them that way or view them, I should say. Yeah. Yeah. I love that idea. I love that idea. I know. I feel like we should take that on the road. Right. <laughs> so, so, so you, you, so you started coaching and then you decided to start this movement. Now, did, did you, I know that clubhouse has been a huge part of your journey and that that's where you've started forming community, right? Mm-hmm. Is that where the idea for, for shifting from coaching to creating a movement started? I'm so glad you asked because the, absolute answer is yes. Mm -hmm. The hunger, the energy, the power of bringing women together and talking about, you know, like one topic, um, it's age, women of all ages talking about aging and an anti-aging culture. Another was a room that really was the shift. I think the really triggered it was Um, the topic was, what do you love about being a woman in midlife? And it was, I've done that topic no less than 10 times. You could could go on and on, right? And you get new people in and get a new perspective or somebody, something new might happen for somebody and they've got a whole new perspective on it. Has that happened? Oh, it's incredible. The rooms are packed. And, you know, on Clubhouse, for those who don't, you can raise your hand and come up and speak right? Once Uh you're in the room, it's the number of women who want to come up and share is just incredible. You know, it truly, and that made me realize 
we are, as one woman said, I have something to say. And she was adamant that she's not going to be quiet about all that there is to love about midlife because people need to hear it. And part of the way we all can help change this is talk about what you love. Talk about it to your friends, talk about it to your family till they're blue in the face. Talk about it with the person behind you at the grocery store. <laughs> like, because that's, we know. Oh, and I love that idea. Ones... Talk about what you love. Yeah. Wow, right. Oh my goodness. And then, you know, if it's like that blue Honda, what's yeah. going to happen? More and more that's of the great. stuff you love is going to keep showing up, right? That is so great. I love the spread, comparison. It's like you're, you're going to be spreading little love bombs around and, 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 and creating, um, thoughts around aging that are positive for other people. And grab every young woman on the street that you can and tell them what you love about midlife. Right. right. <laughs> because that's where we really have to, you know, share our voices. Oh my goodness. So, okay. So you get into clubhouse, you find this community, you decide you, you you're, you're on a mission. You're, you're, you're creating a movement. And now what? And now I really, I, you know, so I'm still going to continue with Clubhouse. I really want um, to move beyond Clubhouse and have not, I won't use the word train, but support and help women become kind of love and midlife ambassadors where all over the world in societies where you know, aging isn't this welcomed, revered thing. Um, I want us to do the, I think there's discrete things we can all be doing to include, you know, most importantly, sharing far and wide what we were talking about, what you love about getting older. But there's, we can change some of the stigmatized vocabulary. We can, you know, really, control. I mean, we do have incredible purchasing power, whether we have a lot of money or very little money, we still collectively have that power. So we can help drive, you know, who these companies market to and how they market. Um, I think there's so many, like, concrete things we can do. And where this, what I want to do with this movement is invite every single woman, you know, I can in midlife in and have equip us all with things we can do. And I also think I haven't mentioned this, but it's really important is for women who are not loving midlife. I want and part of the movement is it's really important to be with your people, you know, your tr tribe of midlife women and see what they love about it. Let us support you. And I'm a full proponent of um, personal coaches. So part of the movement, I have um, a cohort of women who I met on Clubhouse who are incredible coaches. And um, they're available for through the movement for women who are feeling lost. And I tell so. you, as many people as I've talked to in the past year on this podcast, a lot of people that have been through a change or have gotten through that, that stuck and lost period, 
I got to believe it's around 90 to 95% of the people I've talked to talk to a coach at some point Yeah, that, that they, they didn't get through it on their own. Right. You know, and there's no reason to, there is no right? reason to, and I have been a DIY do it myself, independent kind of person for so long. And I'm starting to realize how, how much I've um, been in my own way in mm -hmm. trying to feel like I need to do things by myself. I, I mean, I'm right there with you. I've had that so many times. Yeah. And that's another thing in midlife where I've let go of that control. Like it's okay to need people. And to, you know, to not want to do it all alone. That's part of being a we, right? Yeah. And, and two, people love to help. Yeah. People love, I mean, it That's, is, yep. you know, you're, you're not just taking when you ask for help. You're giving somebody else the chance to contribute. Absolutely. You know, and yeah. boy, I have to remember that it's because it, that is a that's a stumbling block for me. For me real. too. I mean, building this movement, I've met these women who totally want to help, you know, and even call themselves my love and midlife um, team. And it's so hard, like I keep saying, but I don't want to, you know, take advantage of you or I what can I give back? You know, let me guide you on your, you know, work or whatever, but it makes them feel good. And I mean, but I think that's something, you know, a lot of us struggle with, but it's kind of that, ah, uh, you know, sense of, okay, this works. I need people, people need me, you know, it's a level playing field. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Mm. Uh, you know, I want to go back to one little thing that you said, because I, I, I actually had it in my notes from when we, from when we talked at some point that you, um, part of your journey was getting angry and you, mm -hmm. you mentioned it briefly for a second, but tell me about that anger. Yeah. What was the source of the anger? I think, and I've never been someone who's good at getting angry, but there was this sense, I mean, it kind of just was part of the bubble up from within where it was like, you know, no, I'm not going to go small and, you know, into a ball and keep quiet about how I'm feeling or what I'm going through. I, I matter, you know, I and it was that sensation of I'm letting society, you know, or my concept of what I should be and how I should feel, you know, and my limiting beliefs define me and def like keep me small and keep me feeling like I'm falling apart. But I, there was something that didn't believe that. And that's where the work really is and is so hard, which is digging beneath those feelings and realizing, you know, what was really going on. And that's when I got really angry because, and that's where the pivot felt even more right because it was so 
I wasn't mad at myself anymore. I was kind of mad outwardly. And I don't mean specifically in anybody, obviously, but this was telling me something that was, I don't know, I felt lied to for, I mean, that's an overstatement or overstating it, but that I had fallen victim to something I didn't create. And I, I, does that make sense? Oh my gosh. Yes. Yes. It, it's the story of aging that, that, that it's about, you know, you grow up, you leave home, you go to work, maybe you get married, maybe you have kids, but eventually the time goes by, they leave or you retire and then you're done. Yeah. And it's just a decline. It's like you looked it up in the, in the, in the, in the dictionary and the definition was decline. And it's a story. It's all it is. And we can change that story. Yes. But that's going to require vigilance and choice. And courage. Yeah. Right. And if we change the story for ourselves, what's possible, like you said, to talk to that 20 year old woman coming up behind you or your kids, what's possible for them as they look and see what you're doing as you age and see what's possible for them as they age, what could be possible if we change that story? I mean, imagine the day, and I truly, it might not be in our lifetime, but I want us to get there. When a a 20-something says, I can't wait to be a proud woman in midlife. Like, I, I think it's something to be proud of, and I want them to know, don't dread it. You know, there's, it's something to be proud of. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And sometimes, you know, getting angry about something is the first step Yeah. towards like, notice what you're angry about, right? Yeah. Notice what makes you angry because there's something there. Right. Notice what makes you sad because there's something there for you that you can step into that may be your purpose. Right. And that's where we were talking about treat the emotions as information, as data. Mm -hmm. They're not the answer. They're the data that is saying there's something more here and there's something that's dying to come out. Yeah. And get curious about it. Yeah. And then where you can, where can you go from there? Yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> oh, me too. This is such a great conversation. I love wow. This. And look at the time. I'm like, oh my gosh, where does it go? I love it. I'm so excited for you. So you've got a big launch coming up, right? I do. It's um the it's October 18th to 22nd. And we're doing a week to kick off the Love and Midlife movement. We're doing a week of I mean, there's some free giveaways the minute you sign up um, and it's uh, we're doing a ton of clubhouse rooms. We're going to be on Instagram um, and it's just going to be an incredible celebration of having us have the voice and make the change. And um, and it's all on my website, loving without the G midlife.com. All right. so, awesome. And I will have that in the show notes and um, cool. Is there anything else that you want to say before we go or anywhere else people can find you? You're on Instagram, right? Is it? I am. It's, um, both Instagram and clubhouse. Um, my handle is, uh, at Dara does midlife. 
Love it. I love that. Not surprising. <laughs> but, um, but thank you so much. Thank this is, you. And thank you for doing this podcast. Like, I think this is exactly what women need and deserve. I love that you're doing this. Thank you. Thank you. I love doing it. It's been um, a real growth experience for me to, to do it. And I um, especially love it because of the relationships that I've made in the year plus that I've been doing it. It's, um, it's been mind blowing to make oh. connections with people on this level and, uh, to meet you. Um, and just, you know, and I just get excited that I'm not alone on this path. We aren't mm. alone. None of us are alone. Exactly. Here we are together, folks. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Well, there you have it. I'd love to see us rename the phenomenon called the midlife crisis. I mean, words and language are so important. What do you think might happen if we use different language to talk about it? Doesn't it sound more exciting to call it a midlife awakening or a midlife transformation? I wonder what could be possible if we stopped thinking of life being all downhill after we turn 40 or 50. What if we looked at it as an opportunity to get in touch with who we are deep down right now and how we might be able to grow from here? What if we looked at it as a time of natural evolution, a renewal period filled with possibilities? I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Dara. I sure did. It thrills me to know that there are people like her on this midlife journey with me. People who feel like they're just getting started. It is truly the beginning of a movement that I hope you'll join us on. Let's change the way we talk about getting older. Try to pay attention to the words you use as you go through your day. Notice when you say something that smacks of ageism against yourself or others. Notice when you say things like, I'm so old, or I look so old. Even watch out for backhanded compliments like, you look good for your age. Let's cheer each other on as we take on new challenges and adventures. If you want to know more about Dara and join in the movement, you'll find everything you need in the show notes. You can just go to latebloomerliving.com forward slash podcast and look for episode 68. And hey, you can help grow this movement by spreading the word about this podcast. If you got something valuable out of this conversation, please take a moment to share this podcast episode with someone you think could use a boost right now. If you're listening in a podcast app like Apple Podcasts, uh, just take a second to look for the share button and please leave a review while you're thinking about it. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you have a great week. Stay safe and well. Talk soon.